Okay, we're going to start here at the bottom of Lamed Vav Bed, but the two dots, three lines from the bottom. Rufa, the Gemara is going to go back and investigate the statement we saw at the end of yesterday's daf, which was Rabu Shmuel Amrei Tavayu Kol Anything that has one of the five grains in it, the five grains cannot be subverted, and they automatically become the ikar in the mixture, and you make the bracha on them, which is Borei Zanot. Now, Nami, we have another statement from Rabbi Shmuel, which is Rabbi Shmuel, Damre Tervayu, Chol Shehu, Anything that's made of the five grains, you make a bracha of Borei Minei The difference between them, it's very small, but one says Chol Shehu, and one says Chol Sheyesh Bo. So, Mar wants to know why I need both of those. V'tzricha, I need both of these statements. Diashmin and Koshuhu. Have I just had the statement of Koshuhu? Avamina mishum de'ete be'ene. Because it's there. It's physically present. You can see it. Avayadeitarovet. If it was mixed in with something else, lo, then it would not remain the ikar. Kamashman koshiyeshbo. As long as it has some of the chamesh minim in it, then you do make a bracha b'reimine mizanot. So it doesn't actually have to be visible or obvious that there's five grains in there, as long as the five grains are in there, you will make a brave my name is a note. If you had told me the statement of koshi yeshbo means that anything that has it in there, havamina, koshi yeshbo mechameshet aminim in. If it has in the mixture one of the five grains, fine. Aval orez v'dochan, lo. When it comes to rice and millet, no. Mishum da'yadei tarovet, because it's mixed together. If it was physically present, that even for rice and millet, we would make a brocha Only if it's from the five grains, we make a brocha That comes to exclude rice and millet. Even if they are present and you can see them, we don't make a bracha of Borei Minei Mizanot. Now is going to investigate that in one second. Now, in terms of what Orez and Dochan is, Rashi translates Orez as meal, maybe closer to millet. And if you look in Tosafot, he says, I don't know if that is referring to rice. I don't know if that's the meaning of the word there. And then they say Dochan is meal, which is millet. So that makes... The reason I'm trying Orez we know is rice, but Dochan we're translating as millet. So now the Gemara asks, Orez with Dochan, no mevachim, but my name is an oat? Is that really true? But rice and millet, you don't make a very my name is an oat? Vatanya, we have a bright pat Orez upat Dochan. He has in front of himself bread made out of rice, or bread made out of millet. Mevarecha lab tchilah besof kumaseg teira. The bracha before and afterwards are like something that is Made in the pot. That which is made in the pot. Tanya, we have a bright time. You do make in the front end, and the back end you make an alamichia. It is similar to the masikdera, something that's made in the pot. But it's not exactly like it. It's like masikdera that it requires a bracha before and afterwards. Because the brachot are and here by the orez and the dochan in the beginning you make the bracha of shehakol 
In the end, you make the bracha, borei nefashot, rabot v'chesronan, al komashibara. It's interesting over here that Tosafot gives some explanation to that bracha. He says, if you tap Tosafot, you can see, borei nefashot, rabot v'chesronan, kemolechem v'mayim, shi'efshar b'lohim, essentials, necessities. So that's what it means, borei nefashot, rabot v'chesronan, their needs, their absolute necessities. Valcho mashibara, and then the continuation, which is everything that you created. Things that in the world that you not created them, they're not absolute necessities, they're rather luxury items. For enjoyment, like apples, they're basic necessities, bare necessities that the world absolutely needs. And those are the and then the Akomash Bara, those are not absolute necessities, but the other items that people eat, use, utilize, enjoy, but they're not absolute necessities. Is that conclusion that we just had now, that you make a Sha'akol on the Orez and Dochan and Aborin Fashot afterwards, is that a correct assumption? Right now we've said that Orez is like Masek Dera, but it's really not. Is that true? Vatanya, Elohein, Maseg, Deira. These are examples of things that are made in the pot, on the stove. Chilka, Tragis, Solet, Zariz, Varsan, Vaores. Different items. Rashi explains that the difference between the Chilka, the Tragis, the Zariz, and the Arsan is the number of times that the wheat kernel is split. And the Chilka is, from the word Lechalik, is the Metavre, Basita, Chadatarte. Split one into two. Tragis is chadatlat, into three, probably from the word try. Tzariz is chadatlarba, is one into four. And our son is chadatlachamesh, is one into five. The simpler translation is that these are types of groats, and that the chilka is a spelt groats. Tragis is a mess of wheat and barley groats. Zariz is some form of porridge or broken grain. And the arsan is barley groats. A mixture, and we're going to bump into it in the second half of the da'af. Then Orez, obviously, is the last example over here, rice. Hamani, where it says Rabbi Yochum ben Nuri. Yeah, you're right. Rice here is included in Masek because this is authored by Rabbi Yochum ben Nuri, the Tanya, the Brayta. Yochum ben Nuri Omer, Orez, Mindaganhu. Orez is one of the grains. Bechayavin al-chimutso karait. And if you make it into chameitz, you'll be chayav on Pesach. Adam Yotzebo, yudeichu batob Pesach. And the... Other side of that coin is, if it is, can become chametz, then you can use it for your matzah on Pesach. Avarabana, no, but the Rabbana disagree. So that bright is authored by Rabbi Yochum Ben-Nuri, who sees Orez as one of the, well now it's six grains, and the Rabbana disagree. Rabbana, no, and Rabbana don't agree with this. Vatanya, akoseis et achita. Someone who is chewing on wheat kernels. Mivarei chalav, borei peri ha'adama. Tachana, af'ah. Ubishla, he ground it up, baked it, made it into bread. Then afterwards, Bishla then cooks it again. After it's bread, he cooks it. Bisman Sha Prusot Kayamot, when the Prusot, the pieces of bread, are still there, they're still present. Tchila Mavarech Allah Amotzilechem in Aretz, then you have to make a motzi in the front end. So in the end you bench Birkata Mazon, he made a Prusot Kayamot. If the bread that you cooked after you baked it, is now disappeared. It's broken up to the point that you can't see it. 
then the Bari Paradama is the front end. Tachano, Afao, Ubishlo. He then grinds it into flour, bakes it into rice bread. Ubishlo, and then he cooks it. Afo Pisha Prusot Kayamot. Here, even if it's still extant in the mixture, Tchidam Avrechala Bari, my name is Anot. In the beginning, you make a Bari, my name In the end, you make a Alamechia. Mani. Who's the author of this Braita? Okay, we would like to say that it's Rabbi Yochum ben Nuri, but the problem is, Rabbi Yochum ben Nuri says, Orez is one of the grains. If that's the case, the ratio and safe of the Braita should have been exactly the same. If he thinks it's one of the grains, then the din of Orez should be the exact same din as the Chita. Why is there a different din for Orez than there is for Chita? And then it should be Amotzi Lechem in Aretz. Ushlosh Brachot Should have Amotzi and benching, Birkata Mazon, because it's a full-fledged grain. Who distinguishes between Urez and Chita? The Rabbonon. And here you see that the Rabbonon are saying that the bracha in front is Zenot, and the back end bracha is Alamechia. This is a strong refutation of this position of Rabbi Shmuel that there are only five grains. Over here it sounds like there is a sixth grain called Orez. Now, the first thing in this Tiyufta is to note is that it seems, and that's what Tosavo points out over here, the Gemara is only asking the question from rice, not from millet. And therefore, this refutation of Rav and Shmuel is only with regards to rice. And the might be like Rav and Shmuel with regards to Dochan, and by millet, you would not make a Barei Minei Zanot in Alamechia, because the Gemara's questions all stem from Orez. All the bright thought, everything that we brought to challenge this position of Rav and Shmuel was all revolving around rice, not around millet. So they say, let's leave millet out of the picture right now because it seems like they are right with regards to millet. The only question will be with regards to rice. What's interesting, Tosfot over here introduces a very interesting idea. The Gemara here says that Akosei Setachita, one who's chewing on raw kernels of wheat, when they pluck them out of the field and he's chewing on them, they make a Borei Priyadama in the front end. And what's your Bracha Achrona? Right. So we thought it's Borei Nefashot. Over here, Tosfot says, Miu. Be'acharav yesh Because the Braita only addresses, when it says, it tells you what the Bracha Rishon is. And then it moves on to the case where you baked it and then cooked it and gives you the Bracha Rishon and Achrona. What happened to the Bracha Achrona for HaKosei So Tosfot here has an unbelievable Havim, you know. And he says, there's a Safik. What do you make afterwards? Do you make a bracha in shalosh? And listen how he wants to end the bracha. We only have three manifestations of the bracha in shalosh. We have ala mechia val kalkala, ala gefin val priya gefin, val eitz val priya eitz. He says maybe there's a fourth version of this bracha, which is ala dama val priya dama, because chita is one of the shivata minim. It should require a bracha me'in shalosh, but how could you end it? 
How are you, how are you going to end the bracha of bracha main shalosh if you're chewing on the chita and you're making a bori pri adama up front? Anything you make a bori pri on, you make an ala eitz val pri So here, maybe you should make a bracha of ala adama val pri adama. Virabenu tam higia mamachzor shalo. Rabbeinu Tam added into his sitter, Al-Adama Val-Pri-Adama. He had a fourth version of the Al-Amichya, V'chazervo. But then he changed his mind. There's nowhere in Chas that the Gemara ever mentions any formulation of Al-Adama Val-Pri-Adama. And then Tosfot deals with other proofs, points from the Gemara, and then he notes that it might be actually a suffix in the Yushami, the same type of suffix, what bracha you make afterwards. It's just amazing, the Havamina, that there should be a fourth version of this Alamechi of Allah Adama, Veo Priya Adama. Yeah, there are some brothers that you have like that, which some people knock out, like the Mistaboy, okay? That we have a number of brothers that aren't found on the chest. The one, the most prominent, is Mahadikner Shal Shabbat, brother that's not found on the chest. It's Machloket, and time to go in, whether you make a brother on Nero Shabbat. They have Hadikner Shal Chanukah, but never any of the Hadikner Shal Shabbat. There are certain brothers like that, which are really prominent, that are not mentioned at all in chest. So that's not... Necessarily a definitive proof that we don't say such a bracha. But anytime that happens, there's controversy if it's not mentioned in Chas. Amar Amar, Kosesa Techita, Mevarechala Bore Priadama, Vatanya Bore Minezraim, Lokasha, Harabihuda Varabana. This goes back to Rabihudu mentioned in our Mishnah. Rabihuda requires a more detailed bracha when it comes to these subsets. It's not Alirakot, this is from our Mishnah, Omer Bore Priadama, Rabihudu Omer Bore Minezraim. So Yehuda requires a much finer distinction in the bracha, and that'll be the same here with the kosei setechita. Instead of borei priyadama, you'll say borei minei zraim. Amamar kosei setorez marechala borei priyadama. One chews on the rice, makes a first bracha borei priyadama. Tachano afo ubishlo fi grinds it up, bakes it, and then cooks it. Afo pisha prusot kayamot, even if they're intact in there. Tchilam avrechala borei minei zanot usof bracha achat mein shalosh v'hatanya. Then we have a brayta ul sof veloklum, and afterwards you don't make any bracha. Now veloklum in the Gemara does not mean not at all, but rather means borei nefashot. You can see that in Rashi veloklum klomar ain't omir berkat perota eretz Israel does not require one of the brachot of the produce of eretz Israel veloklum ela borei nefashot rabot chomide delete mishivata minim like anything else that is not from one of the seven species. Heard from Rav Meir Lichtenstein, and there's very good proof to this. In the Torah, in Parshat Ekev, bracha is associated with the land of Israel. And therefore, at least at the time of the Tanaim, the brachot that we know of in the time of Tanaim, all are brachot that focus on Eretz Yisrael. Produce of Eretz Yisrael, the Shivata Minim, bread, all those items. And the bracha is not necessarily a bracha on the item that you're eating, but rather... On Eretz Yisrael, thank you to Hashem, especially the Bracha Achrona. I mean, Bracha Rishona might be slightly different, but in the Bracha Achrona is thank you to Hashem for giving us the land that gives us this produce. And so it's very focused and revolves around the land. A Bracha Achrona is like what the Gemara says over here, and every Tanaic work is, Veloklum. There is no Bracha Achrona for items that are not necessarily related to the land. Orez here is not one of the Shivata Minim, and therefore the Bracha Achrona is going to be Veloklum. What else is like that? Basar, chalav, all these items that are not necessarily connected to the land. There was no bracha chrona. It's really more in the time of the Amoraim. Barina Fashur comes up as a bracha rishona in the Tanaim work, but it does not come up as a bracha chrona. 
Only in the time of the Amoraim do you start to see Barina Fashot enter as a bracha achrona. And that's probably because of two developments. One is the development of Galut. If it was the fact that the brachot were connected to Eretz Yisrael, once people were in Galut, then it was less relevant, and you weren't going to be making brachot, because you're not on the land. And number two is probably the change in profession. As people moved away from being agrarian, then the likelihood of one making a bracha on the land becomes even less likely. And so therefore we enter in with the brachot where meat, milk, and brachot achronot become prominent in other items besides those that are the shivat and those that deal with the aretz. And that's why you'll see in every Tanaic work where you don't have a bracha achrona of alamechia or benching, they always say, basof veloklum. There is no bracha achrona at all. And probably in the time of the Tanaim that really meant nothing at all. Because we were in Eretz Yisrael and it was about thanking Hashem for Eretz Yisrael. That became, later on, translated by the Amoraim to mean Lasofaloklum, means a bracha that is not the main formula, which is either bracha shalosh or bracha me'in shalosh, but rather into Boreina Fashot. And that's what Rashi mentions over here. The difference between whether the bracha chrona is alamichia or Boreina Fashot has to do whether it's Rabbi Gamil or Rabbanan, the Tanya. Ze'aklau, koshu mishivat aminim, Rabbi Gamil Omer, shalosh brachot. Gamil says that you say a full birkat amazon on any one of the seven minim. Chomimorim brachachat me'en shalosh. They say alamechia. Maiseh b'mre gamliel v'azkenim mishayu mesubim b'aliyah b'richo. They were eating in an upper level in a place in a house in Yericho. V'yabiyu l'fnem kotvot. They brought before them dates. V'achlu. And they ate them. V'natan rabbi gamliel rishut rabbi kiel v'reich. Rabbi gamliel hands off the bracha to rabbi akiva. Kofatz. Ubirech Rabbi Akiva brachachat ein shalosh. Akiva jumps and says an alamichia. Of course, Rabbi Gamliel, when he gave him permission or granted him the right to say the bracha, what was Rabbi Gamliel expecting? Rabbi Gamliel's shita is that if you eat one of the shivatei minim, you have to bench. He's expecting a full-fledged brachat amazon here, and Rabbi Akiva doesn't. He jumps in and says an aleitz valpriyets. Amalei Rabbi Gamliel Akiva ad matayatam achnis roshchaben amachloket. What are you sticking your head into this? Disagreement. Clearly, Rabbi and the Chachamim were arguing about this, and now Rabbi Akiva is taking a position, and the position's against Rabbi Gamliel. Amarle Rabbeinu, Merkain. I know. I'm aware of the fact that you say the bracha should be a full-fledged berakat amazon here. V'chaverecha Omrim Kain, Dimatanu Rabbeinu. You've taught us Yachid Rabim, Alachik Rabim. I now have to make a decision. I know your opinion, and maybe there are others like you, but I know that the majority is against you. And therefore, I have to follow the majority. And in following the majority, I'm going to have to say, Alei Tzvel Priyayitz. Rabbi Yehuda, Omer Mishmo, Rabbi Yehuda says in the name of Rabbi Gamliel. I think Rabbi Gamliel knew that. Why was he asking? Maybe, because in front of your Rabbi. It happens in other places in Chas where someone disagrees. So the later generations are going to pass in the Rabbim. But when you were in front of your Rabbi, you kept, or if it was the, he was the Marad Acher there, then you kept their position. Rabbi Yehuda Omer Mishmo, Rabbi Yehuda says over in the name of Rabbi Gamliel, Ko shehu mishivat aminim, anything that is from the seven species, velo min dagan hu, and it's not one of the five grains, o min dagan velo atzah upat, or it's one of the five grains, but he didn't make it into bread, Rabbi Gamliel Omer, shalosh brachot, then you have to bench on it. Chamim orim, bracha achat, you make a bracha achat, me'in shalosh. Ko shehu lo mishivat aminim, velo min dagan, Anything that's not one of the seven species, and is also not one of the five grains, kagon, 
Pat orez v'dochan, like bread that's made out of rice or millet. Rugamil Omer brachachat main shalosh. Rugamil says that it's an alamichia. Mimarim v'loklum. Chamim say v'loklum. This is what we were looking for before, which is there's a brayta that says the brachachrona is v'loklum is bereina fashot. So here we have the difference. Rugamil thinks that over here the bracha for rice afterwards is an alamichia, and the chamim believe it's v'loklum. So b'mayu kimto. So what did you suggest now? That the brayta that says that the bracha rishona is barei minim zanot, and the afterwards is alamichia is Rabbi Gamil. It must say for the ratio. What are you going to do with the second half of that first brayta? In a episode kayamot, if the pat orez is not existent after you cook it, you can't see it anymore. Who's the author of that position? Gamaliel says on Kodvot dates and on Daisa, some sort of farina, he says that you say full benching. Just because the rice bread is not intact, there you have to tell me that he's going to make an alamichia. He should definitely make it. He should bench. Why is that any worse than a Kodvot? Why is that any worse than a date? Elabshita Rabbanon. It's clear that that first brighter is the Rabbanon. Ihochi kasha Rabbanon arabanon. Now we have a stira in the Rabbanon. Because if that brighter says for rice you make a bori, my name is Zanot, and afterwards you make an alamichia. And we have the Rabbanon here, we're arguing Rabbanon Leon, say afterwards you make veloklom. Did you make a bari nefashot? Eleolam Rabbanon. Tani Gabiores. Amend that original brighter to say, over the sof, in my very chalav veloklom. So amend that bright and not to say that the bracha rochona is ala michya, rather the bracha rochona is bereina fashot. That comes to our practice today. The Gemara here only amended the bracha achrona. It did not amend the bracha rishona. If you do that, then you end up with a bracha rishona that is bereimi name is a note, and a bracha achrona which is bereina fashot, which is our practice today. Amarova, hi rihata dechaklai. Right, so this is something that's made out of honey, flour, oil, similar to the chafitzat hakdeira that we saw at the end of yesterday's daf. So this riata de chaklai. Chaklai means the farmers, the agrarian. But here probably means those people that are out in the villages. The mafshibe kimcha, they put a lot of flour into it. What's the reason for that? The smida ikar, because the flour is the major ingredient, the primary ingredient. The mechuza, mechuza is a large city. There they don't put a lot of flour into it. There you make the bracha rishona There the honey is the major ingredient, the primary ingredient. This is the machloket that we saw before with Chavitz Kedera. We had a machloket between Rav Yehuda and Rav Kahana as to whether with the Chavitz Kedera and the dice, whether you made a shokoni yabid or did you make a bore mine mizanot? And the argument was whether the dobash was the ikar, or was the flower the ikar. So over here, no machoket, they just distinguish between whether it's in the city or in the village as to what is the ikar. And the Gemara is going to say, wait a minute, based on what we concluded before from Raman Shmuel's statement, that both of them require bore mine mizanot, because the Raman Shmuel damri tevayo, then anything is from the five grains, you make a bore minim is an oat, even when it's not the ikar, even when it's not the primary ingredient, it cannot be subverted. 
The five grains cannot be subverted in any dish, and they always remain the primary ingredient, and you always make the bracha based on them. Amar of Yosef. Now this next piece here is chavitz, this chavitza that we're going to bump into again. Machoket, Rashi, and Tosafot as to what this chavitza is, just starting out. Number two is, this is a Gemara, an identical Gemara to that which we had in Menachot. reason is because the proof that Rav Yosef is going to bring to his position comes from Menachot. And that's why there it's found in Menachot. Over here it's found for the Bracha side of it, on the Chavitza. And then we have to determine, number one, what this Chavitza is, and what implication this has, Lo'alacha. What I'll do is I'll read it in Rashi's position first, and then we'll go back and we'll show you why Tosafot does not like Rashi's position, and then we'll come back and explain it through the eyes of Tosafot. So, hi Chavitza. This Chavitza, Rashi writes, Ke'ein Shalikuk, Shemefarim betocha yufis lechem. So Rashi basically says this chavitz kadeira is taking bread that is put into whether it's the frying pan or into a pot that is cooked afterwards. It's bread that was already baked and now is either being fried or cooked. So that chavitza deipa perurin kezayit. If it has pieces of bread that are size of kezayit, kila merechalav moti lechem You got to make a moti in the front end. The sof merechalav shlosh brachot birkanamazon afterwards. The late paper in kazayit, if the pieces of bread that are left there are less than a kazayit, first the front bracha is bari minimizanot, ubusov bracha chamen shalos, alamechia on the back end. Amrav Yosef, how can I prove to you that I'm right about this? Titania, we have a brighter, and this is from Minachot, Hayomeid, Umakriv, Minachot, Yerushalayim. He was standing there and bringing a mincha in Yerushalayim. So who's Hayah? Rashi says that's Israel made. There was Israel who brought up his mincha. Umakriv minachot. Obviously it's not the Israel that's being makriv the minachot. Then a Kohen is being makriv the mincha. So Israel brings up his mincha to Yerushalayim and gives it to the Kohen in order to be makriv it. Omer, Baruch Shechianu v'kiyamanu v'higiyanu l'zmanazeh. Makes a birkat Shechianu. Who makes this birkat Shechianu? In Menachot, Rashi claims it's the Israel that makes the bracha Shechianu. Over here, Rashi says that it's the Israel that makes it, the Balabait that makes the bracha. In Menachot, he said that it was the Kohen who, for the first time, was bringing a mincha on the Mizbeach. So here, Rashi says it's the Israel makes the Shechianu. In Menachot, Rashi says it's the Kohen who had never brought a mincha before. It's his first time bringing a mincha. That's just making a Shechianu. Tosafot disagrees with both of those and says that the Shechianu here is the Kohen who is going to be the first one to be a, make, bring a mincha in his Mishmar. In the Mishmarot, they had 24 Mishmarot. That means on average you came twice a year to the Mikdash. And those who claims that someday it happens, Mizman Lizman. That something that happens on a regular interval. And since it happens as an interval, you make a Shechianu. And Shechianu is something that is seasonal. And that's important because today, I heard this in the Shema of Rabbi Willig, that when it comes to Shechianu, you make Shechianu on fruits because they are seasonal. Today, where fruits are no longer seasonal, they're bringing them up from South America, other places they import them so that you can have the availability of fruits all year round, then maybe you shouldn't be making a Shechianu because they are no longer seasonal in nature. That's true in America. In Israel today, a lot of fruits are still very, very seasonal, and you only get them at certain times of year. There might be an Indian of still making that Shechianu. But Shechianu has to do something that comes Mizman Lizman. Now you could be choker, and what does it mean, mizman lizman? Is it enough that simply it's something based on a time schedule, like the Mishmarot? Or does it have to be something where you're chayav, that you're obligated to do something at that time? In the interim, you're not chayav to do it. So that's a question that you have to 
ask, at least with regards to that, but this Tosot makes is a big Chiddush. Because it happens to be Zman Zman, because your Mishmar comes up, even though it's a recurring item, and it's not really the Zman that makes the Mitzvah. The mitzvah to do the Avodah and Mikdash exists all year round. It just happens to be that you're on a schedule that only brings you up twice a year. Nevertheless, Tosfot says that you make a Shechianu on that, because it's Mizman Zman. He takes them to eat them, meaning the Mincha. Makes an Amotzi on it. Vitani Allah. And we have on the issue of Menachot, Vikulan Potetan Kizayit. When it comes to the Menachot, after they are baked, they have a requirement of tita. Tita means to be folded over and to make them into smaller pieces. Those pieces that you make them smaller into is a kazayit. So what do you see? The minimum shear that's going to be in a minfa is going to be a kazayit. And that brighta says, what's the brach on it? The brach on it is amotzilechem in aretz and birkata mazon. So Rav Yosef says, I have a proof. I have proof to the fact that if you have something that's the size of a kazayit, that you have to make a Hamotzi Lechem in Aretz on it. So now, this is where Tosavot has the issue with Rashi. What was the case that we were speaking about before? The Chavitza that Rashi, what does Rashi say Chavitza is? Chavitza is bread that you afterwards took and either fried it or threw it into the pot. And now Rav Yosef is bringing a proof from Menachot. What do you do with Menachot? By a Mincha, you bake it, and then you potate it, and that's it. Where is the parallel in the mincha to the chavitza? In the mincha, there's no cooking it afterwards. There's no frying it afterwards. So how is Rav Yosef being approved from a mincha if chavitza is really something that is cooked or fried after it was already baked? The two are not the same item. And for that reason, Tosfot says this chavitza is not fried or cooked the bread, but rather chavitza is similar to What's found in, I think it's in Baba Kama, Baba that there they have Chavitza de Tamarim. Over there they have Chavitza de Tamre, which is a cake of dates. Dates that are caked together. And he says the same thing here. Chavitza over here is where the breads are caked together. Hainu Pirurim. These are breadcrumbs. Hanidbakim Yachara Yedei Marak O Yodei Chalav that are joined together either through some sort of soup or milk, and other Rishonim mention honey, that they have something that causes them to bind together after they were bred and made into crumbs. They were bread crumbs, now bound together. Take a look. Take a look. Yeah, something like that. Right. That's right, that's for Rishonim. So in that way, you can have the case here by Mincha be something that's parallel, because here by the Mincha, it's something that afterwards they're potato topitim, that you crumble it up, it's still being held together with the oil that is poured on it afterwards. Afterwards you pour oil on it, and that oil that's poured on it afterwards will hold it together, the pirim, the pieces together. And therefore that's why Rabbi Yosef can bring a, a proof from an achot to the case over here. And this obviously has a big nafkamina, has a very big nafkamina lalocha. That means that if you have bread that is cooked afterwards, what is the qualification for being hamotzi? Alright, so now the Gemara continues. That's the case. The Tanah to be Rabbi Shmuel. That what you do is you crumble them. This petita is not simply folding them into pieces of kzayit, but rather means crumbling them back to being flour. Then you won't have to make a motzi on a mincha. If you say that's true, we have a brighter. 
They gathered together from all of them a kezayit. V'achlan and ate them. Im chametzu and lush karet. If it is chametz, you'll get a chiyuv karet on Pesach. V'matzahu, if it's matzah, adam yotzei bo yudecha v'tov Pesach. You can use it to be the matzah for Pesach. So now this brayta, what is it speaking about? Rashi claims, lakat mikulan means from the minachot. He has all these different minachot out there. He brings them together. And if he can put a kazai together from all the minachot, even they're from different minachot, he makes a motzianic because he got to a kazayit. Or, not a mozi, but it's chametz, or it could be matzah. Tosafot and the other Rishonim say, can't be Rashi, because menachot are never chametz. So how could it be a liket mikulam, and all of a sudden he has, um, he has chametz here. There is no chametz in the Mikdash, except for the Shteh and the Lachmei Todah. Over here we're talking about menachot. There is no chametz. And therefore, Tosafot says, and the other Rishonim say, it's nothing to do with menachot. This is a chametz minim. Liket mikulam means he got brought together breads from the different grains. So even though they're not of one grain, he gets a kazai together, some spelt, some rye, some wheat, he gets them all together, and he gets a kazai out of that. That's what it means when he brought them together. So therefore, if they're chametz, even though they're made up of five different species, and it's a kazai, that's fine. If it's chametz, you're chayaf for it. If it's matzah, you would say, you're day Pesach with it. Is that really true? How do we answer, how do we reconcile between these two? In this case, we say that, that you can't, you will not make a birchad amotzi on things that are crumbled down and then brought together. Here is a case where he put them back together. As Rashi says, he went ahead and he kneaded them back together again. And then he baked them again. He went through the process again. After it was crumbled down, they're reconstituting it as bread by being govel, by kneading it, and then baking it again. So in doing so, you're making it back to a whole entity. Making it back to a whole entity, that's why over there, you're chayav for chameitz and you're yotze with matzah, because then you've now made it back into a bread of sorts. Where it says, yochiyem seifa. Then what do you need the latter half of that? Breita. pras. That's only true if he eats all those pieces that he brought together to make a kazayit. If he eats it in the normal time it takes you to eat, a half a loaf of bread. Half a loaf of bread, according to Rashi over here, is four beitzim, the size of four eggs. According to the Rambam, it's the size of three eggs. But a half a loaf of bread, that's the span of time that you're allowed to consider to be one eating. Mishamar says, If you re-kneaded them and you make it into a single dough, what does it mean? You ate them in plural. You ate it. There's only one item now. If you go back and knead it and bake it, you have a loaf of bread here. You have some sort of whole bread here. You don't have pieces and many pieces. So why are you talking about in the plural? You should be talking about in the singular form. It says, And what's the case here? These pieces came from a larger piece of bread that is intact. So if you have a larger piece of bread that's intact, and then you have these crumbs that are near it, those crumbs have a din of a mozi. Because those crumbs are in the context of the larger piece of bread that's there. They are sourced from the larger piece of bread. So the says, My Haviolo, what's the din here? This chavitza even doesn't have pieces that are the size of a kazayit. You still make a mozi on it. Only if it still looks like bread. It still has some sort of form of bread to it, then that is true. But if it doesn't look like bread anymore, 
That is not true. So now, based on this Gemara, the way we have it laid out, and I mentioned before, there's going to be a big difference between Rashi and Tosafot. Basically, our Gemara discussed a number of cases. Discussed the case of Chavitza. case of Chavitza is where you have these pieces of bread that are somehow held together or bound together, whether it's by soup, by chalav, by milk, or by dvash, or by honey, they are held together. We also have a case of pirurid, just plain broken down pieces of bread, crumbs of bread. And we also have the case of mevashel, where you cook the bread after it's baked. What is the din in all of these cases? What's the conclusion from our Gemara about each of these cases? Well, it will depend on whether you're Rashi or Tosafot. Now, we had before in the Gemara also with the case of the baking that it Prusot Kayamot. What does it mean, Prusot Kayamot? Well, does Prusot Kayamot mean with a Gezayit or without a Gezayit? Well, it depends how you read Chavitza over here. And so therefore, there's the Rabbeinu Yonah. It concludes here, he says, that there are really three, and the tour brings us down, the Mishabura also brings us down, he says, Mishabura and Siman Kuf Savachet says, Akdim Asif Let me give you a little introduction. This Chavitza has three manifestations. Pat, Shipirer de Perurim. There's a piece of loaf of bread, a piece of bread that was crumbled. Ubishlo. And then it was cooked. Taloi Ima Perurim Dolim, Sheishbem Gazayit. If these crumbs are the size of a gazayit, lo nitbatvel mehem shem pat. They do not lose the status of bread. Afilu ima yedea bishul, azal mehem toar lechem. Even if they no longer look like bread anymore. Vimein behem gazayit. And if they don't have a gazayit, afilu im nira sheishalem toar lechem. Even if they have this view of bread on them, areich borei minim zerot, tashem tavshil alayim. They become a tavshil. So this is like Tosafot, not like Rashi. Rashi in the end says Chavitza, and this is the conclusion of the Gemara here, has to have Torita de Nehema. Has to look like bread. That means that Rashi thinks that even when you cook it in a liquid, it has to look like bread. Over here, the Mishaburah is clear that the only thing that matters when you cook it is that it is a Kezayit or not a Kezayit. And that's based on the Gemara. I said that you will get back to this. The Gemara before that said when you ground it down, then you baked it into bread and cooked it, it says, Ima Prusot Kayamot Hamotzi. What is Prusot Kayamot and Ain Prusot Kayamot? Those what it says, Kezayit. Based on Yisham, he says that's Kezayit. So the only qualification, that's what the Mishnah is quoting here is, Kezayit or not Kezayit. And that's against Rashi's understanding of our Gemara. Rashi's understanding of our Gemara is that Chavitza requires Torah Dinehema, also to look like bread. Over here we're saying, only thing that matters by cooking the bread afterwards is whether it's a Kezayit or not a Kezayit. Second case, Imlo Bishlo. You did not cook it. That you did it in a plate or a bowl. You crumbled it up. And now they're joined together. You date dvash or marak with honey or soup. That's the case of chavitza for tosafot. That's what tosafot calls claims is chavitza. There. If they still look like bread, it's a brach of amotzi. Afilu im ein ba purim kizayit. Even if the pieces of bread do not have gazayit, if they do not look like bread, then you make a bread unless they are the size of gazayit, and then you make hamotzi. So you have two qualifications. In this case, where the bread is crumbled down and then rejoined together, you have two possibilities. If it looks like bread, then the bracha is hamotzi. Doesn't look like bread, bracha is bread, 
But even when it doesn't look like bread, if you have a size of a kazayat in there, then automatically it goes back to being a amotzi. And that's what we just concluded in our Gemara. This is chavitza. This is Tosavot's chavitza. Chai chavitza. Even though they're not bread to the size of a gazayit, you make hamotzi. When is that true? When it looks like bread. So if it looks like bread, you're going to make hamotzi on it. Even if there's less than a gazayit. Obviously, if it's more than a gazayit, you don't have to look like bread, you have a gazayit. That's the second case. That's chavitza in our Gemara, according to Tosafot. The third case is shlo bishel. Case where you crumbled it. They're not cooked. And not brought back together with the liquid. Even if there is finest flour, what bracha do you make? Amotzi. The shame pat alehem. That's what we just saw before in the Gemara. And when it comes from a lechem gadol, there, the din is that the perurim still have a shame pat on them. They do not lose their shame pat even if they're crumbled down because they came from bread. As long as they started with as bread, even if you crumble them down, they will remain with the shame pat alayhem. They remain and they're called bread, and you make a motzi on them. So bread crumbs. If they came from a whole loaf of bread and you crumble it down into these crumbs, they still have a din of a motzi. Isn't matzah meal, for instance, always from matzah? It's only perurim. It's only a case where you didn't cook it, and you didn't bind it together with the liquid. You never do that. Nobody eats matzah meal just plain. But you're right. If you ate matzah meal plain out of the box, you'd have to make a motzi on it. Now, Tosfot talks about it here if you soak it in water. The, one of the Baliyat Tosfot, Rav, he used to put these crumbs, breadcrumbs in water overnight. And so in the morning, he could drink this liquid and it would have a certain amount of satisfaction to him. So he could give sheer. It was like a ensure. It's like creating a thick drink so that he got, like in one drink, he got all of his nutrition and nourishment that he needed so that he could give shear in the morning. So over there, he wanted to suggest that that would not be hamotzi, because he soaked it in the water, even though the water was white. Nevertheless, it already had been soaked in water and loses its shame pot. So anyway, there's a summary of what we saw here. You see that we're not following the position of Rashi, rather the position of Tosafon and the other Rishonim. And from that, you come out with three separate dinim. You have the din of Bishlo, cooking, which is from the first half of the daf which is the case of the din of Chavitza, which comes out of Rav Sheshet, and Rav's qualification of it being less than a Kazayit, but it has to look like bread. And you have the case of Perurim, which we just had here from right before that in the Gemara with Rova, which is Bami Lechem Gadol, over there that it retains it. So those are three important dinim that come out of this. You might have Nafkamina for croutons, bread croutons, and things like that that are made. Croutons that are not made from being fried up front, but rather taken from bread. You take stale bread and you make them into... Croutons, what's the status of that bread that will be have enough gemina based on what we just saw in the Gemara? Right, just quickly now, the next piece in the Gemara. Troknim, chayavin bechala. Troknim, chayata ravina rabbi yochanan, troknim, pturim in echala. This troknim is not chayavin chala, my troknim. What's the troknim here? I'm a baye kuba da'aro. It's bed, as Rashi says, so I'm a kum chalal bekira. You go into the oven and you dig a hole in the ground. And then you pour water and flour into that. It's the way you do it in a pan. So the question here is, what did he do? Did he either just pour water and flour together, and then he just leaves it in the hole, and then he put, heats it up that way? So there was no gvila, there was no govel, there was no kneading. Since there's no kneading, that's why the chokin is patur minachala, according to that, according to that version. Or did he knead it, but it's not baked in the normal way? It's not baking the bread in the normal way. He's putting it into this hole in the ground. And that's what causes the problem here. 
So either way, the question is, does this have a status of bread or not have a status of bread? Is the lack of status of bread have to do with the fact that it was not needed? Or is that the fact that it's baked in a funny way? Now the Groh, it's a girsa, and you can see that in the Groh, the elephant, but in the Groh, is that he takes out the girsa of Choklin, Petorim, and Achala altogether, and he says everything is Chayab, Achala, period. This Trita is Petorim, Achala, my Trita. So the different opinions about what this is. One is Gvil Merateach, Rashi says, You put flour and water into a Kli, then you mix it with a spoon, then you pour it onto the stove top shini second when it's hot. Sounds like a pancake or something like that effect, some sort of pancake. Rashi says, So a roasted dough. Put the dough on a spit, and then you put it over the fire, and he says, And you baste it with oil or with egg. So that's one of those two things. Those are pturim in a Again, either because they're not needed, that's one of the possibilities here, or because they're baked in the end in a different way, either with oil or a different way, and therefore they don't classify as being challah. Bread that is made for kotach is also, that's the definition of trita here, and that's patur min Kotach was a Babylonian dish that involved uh, sour milk, bread crusts, and salt. So that kotach, you don't bake it in the oven. The bread's not baked in the oven, but rather it's baked in the sun. So since it's baked in the sun, it may not have a status of bread for challah. Vatan yochayav b'challah. Don't we have a bright that says yochayav b'challah? Hatam k'netani taima, or b'yudomer, ma'aseha mokuchin aleha. That the way it's made proves that it is bread. Because, asan avin, if you made it thick, which would be the push-up shot of what the word is, Rashi says, avin arukal mekutefet, he lays it out nicely, and he bastes it like cakes, then chayavin, kilimudim, if he just throws it into a pan, kinisarim, like a board, kilimudim is like a board, lo ikpid al yisatan, it's not makpid on the way that it's laid out there, then they're pturim, because it's clearly it's not making it like bread. So the question is how you made the kotach. If you make the kotach in such a manner that it is, looks like bread, and you're treating it like bread, then it's going to be chayab b'chalah. If you make it in a way that seems to disregard any bread form, then you're going to be patur mina chalah. Right, we read it according to Rashi. You can see over here that Tosafot, there's a long Tosafot that discusses differences in types of breads and types of items that are made when they have that status of chalah or not. Right, stop here.